about school much on this podcast? I think in some uh, degree, maybe. Yeah. Like what the, what the best school lunch is? I'll tell you what my favorite was. And I was actually quoted in my year my yearbook my senior year when they asked a bunch of seniors what they would miss. Sure. And I said that I would have missed the um, industrialized processed chicken patties from the cafeteria because they were always pretty good. And I, I would take uh, – it was a fried chicken patty, oh. and I'd put ranch dressing on top of it. Okay. And eat it like that. And You're crazy. Some, sometimes I get really intense cravings for the chicken patties we had at my high school cafeteria. And they weren't – they were great. It was, no, but you want to know what's there's awesome, just something Chase. about it. And I don't know, like Chase, maybe you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. So my mom is a school teacher. And sure. so growing up, she was able to buy from the school the rectangular pizza slices to bring. So we had like on standby in our freezer, we had cafeteria school pizzas ready to go at home. And that's uh, not a bad deal. That's a nice perk. That's a pretty good perk. <laughs> pretty good perk. Uh, so I, I'm I'm a little with you, Johnny, on the chicken patty. Chicken patty day. Uh, it we'd have chicken patties once a week. Uh, the day occasionally changed. Like sometimes it was Thursdays, sometimes it was Wednesdays. Um, here here's the thing. This is going to be a little regional uh, for some of our listeners, viewers. But there's a there's a St. Louis delicacy. Um, it's called a kolache. You guys familiar with kolache? They're actually from oh, yeah. Texas, not St. Louis. Oh, fuck that! But like, it's it. We own it now. That's yeah. that's our thing. It's that's definitely our... like an Eastern European thing. But go on. Yeah, I mean, but there there are things that's like more like a dessert thing or more oh, like yeah. a sweet cake or thing. We've we've St. Louis kolache right down the street from my house. Yeah, we've we've done something to it here. We we've you know it's the same thing. Like ravioli is from Italy, but. We fucked it up a little bit, and now it's ours. Um, <laughs> exactly. So uh, in in St. Louis, and I suppose other places, but you know, mostly St. Louis, we have we have the stuff. It's it's basically like a dinner roll that has been hollowed out it's a and thick filled delicacy. Yeah, yeah, but like that's still a sweet one. Like the the no the, the original has a sausage in it. From Czech, I ju- and they originated I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia. It keeps saying it's a cake. No, a kolache originated stateside in Texas. Was not a St. Louis thing. We get ice cream. We get green butter cake. We get toasted raviolis. We do not get kolaches. Fine, whatever. The point is, I uh, invented the kolache. Yes. Um, I mean, it turned to to steal a madman phrase. Uh, it turns out it had already been invented, but I came to it independently. Uh, and that's what's most important. Um, when it was chicken patty day at my school, the chicken patty would all—you'd always get the same spread for chicken patty day. It would be chicken patty, check, dinner roll, check, mashed potatoes and green beans. And what I would do, I would hollow the fuck out of that dinner roll, and I would chop up that chicken patty, and I would put chicken patty pieces, and then I'd smash as much mashed potatoes as I could in there, and then I would eat this as a delicious. Uh, sandwich, um, which is basically what we what we have as kolaches today. So you're welcome um, Thank for you my for culinary genius. Yes, I, I mean I've I truly have advanced technology and food forward 
I'd eat it. I, I did. I, I ate it many times. Maybe once a week. <laughs> I would eat it. Give it to me. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you have people be like, what are you doing? Why do you just keep sticking your finger in that dinner roll? And I'd be like, I mean, if I had it, hello. Hey, hey, this is a family <laughs> show, Chase. <laughs> uh, like, you guys need to see what's happening here. Um, uh, it is it is probably the best, the best thing I've ever made. Put it in an air fryer. Put a little butter on it. There, there you uh, go. I mean, I don't have access to an air fryer when I was in English class, but uh, yeah, sure. Today, the best thing I could totally make that happen. I ever made, I co-made, was this podcast, The Casual Hour, which is ostensibly Aww. about video games, but mostly about dinner roll stuff with chicken and Chase's fingers, apparently. Um, <laughs> I'm Bobby. Get those mixed up. Please don't. Uh, it might be called chicken fingers, but you don't want a chase finger in there. That's that's that hurts me specifically. Do you like chicken strips? I love chicken strips. Um, chase, the gamer on the go. Mm -hmm. That's me. The confectionist of the kitchen. The exploratory. Sure. Exploratory savant of chicken. Mm -hmm. Johnny. That's what they say about me. Yep. The eighties emo kid drinking water. What I do? You got a nice new shelf behind you. Thank you. I have three nice new shelves, but you can only see two of them. Chase, what do you, you, you got on the shelf? Why, Chase, why don't you put uh, shelves up in your house? Yeah, in your apartment. Yeah. Actually, no, there's four shelves. Uh, we got books on the top too. Man, he doesn't even know how many shelves he got. And then uh, toys and more toys. On what the kind of discussion do you have with Misty on like the real estate for that? Like, did you have a like a rock paper scissors for who gets to put what where? Or is it just no. like, can I put like, this dude, thing here? each one of you own a shelf? I mean, all the stuff on the bottom is mine. So I've got my Gundam, uh, my Futurama and Simpsons blind boxes. I got my Lego I'm Vader, sorry, my I, Lego Stormtrooper. But Misty should have just kept all of it if that's what you're going to put on there. So <laughs> If you're going to sully those shelves with Gundams, then yeah, what, do I you, mean, what do you do? I would take the creepy babies over the creepy Gundam any day of the week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd, I'd love to have a shelf full of Gundam. Yeah. Well, why don't I just you? Got the Gundams. Oh, well, I've just got the Gundams. I don't have shelves. I mean, you got we'll, some space we'll behind you. You can put a shelf behind you there. Eh, it's a little. There's Pokemon. There's Pokemon shit behind there. We'll, um, we'll, yeah. we'll get. We'll get there. We've had a few weeks where we've been on a bender of video games, specifically video game news. We've done quite a bit here, where we've covered at least eight shows, maybe. Yes. And then on top Something. of that. Something like that. Probably. We've done a lot of quick looks and we've done even two Monday, casual Monday streams celebrating the Steam Next Fest and playing those games. So we've got a lot of video games that we have been playing in between all the last bits of news. So we're going to get into that tonight. Um, we got a few breaking news stories to cover unrelated to game trailers, but tonight what I'm calling uninitiated with the casual hour, I am going to be spoiled by Chase and Johnny. I, I do not know the spoiler from Final Fantasy VII. And we are going to burst my bubble, strip me of my innocence, and make me initiated by the end of this episode on all things final fantasy so more to come on that that'll be happening yeah. in the back half of our episode 
We'll, we'll discuss it in more detail, but the, as part of our news story also, they, they announced a second Final Fantasy remake uh, game, which we knew was happening. Yes. And that and in that trailer, Johnny and I thought, like, doesn't... I don't think it really helps Bobby not to know. No, it doesn't. We've, so let's... We reached let's a very... That. Yeah, we reached a very precarious position. So so we'll get there, and we'll we'll spoiler tag this appropriately for when we are there. So if you're listening and you haven't played Final Fantasy VII, which who wouldn't play that except apparently one third of this podcast, then uh, then we'll we'll end up talking about that game and and probably everything that happens in that game. But the one big thing we're definitely. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. A lot of games. Um, I'm excited to hop into. There's been some cool shit that we checked out. So. With that being said, Chase, what you been playing? Uh, we are going to do this a little differently, right, Bobby? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get through each person, so yeah, it's not Johnny just going to be surprise. me talking about every we're game. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna do a game from Chase, a game from me, a game from Johnny. This we're gonna rinse, wash, repeat, just because there's so much that we've been doing in between all this versus just one big chunk. Mixing it up, yeah. All right. Yeah, we we just feel like it. Just give somebody a break to let them wait because there's yeah. so many. I mean, I'm even drinking up. fucking coffee just so I can keep up with all the. I mean, I <laughs> and I, I'm not even including everything I've been playing. I've been on a bit of a bender in between. Yeah, I, and and I'm kind of the same way. The thing is that most of the things I've been playing are things that I've already been playing and talking about on the show, sure. so I can kind of skip through them. Like I'm still playing SteamWorld Heist because I'm doing that on my YouTube channel. We'll talk about that more at the end of the show. That game's still great. Um, I've been playing. I got back into Super Robot Wars 30 a little bit. I played a tiny bit of that. You guys don't need to hear me talk about Super Robot Wars 30 anymore. Um, I mean, I've been I've been playing the hits. Um, I did play a little bit of Patrick's Parabox. Um, nice. I mean, that we we've talked about that game before. That game is good, um, and and yet that game is also evil. But I'm not going to talk about it because we've done it before. So what I will talk about that is new. Yeah. I played that Fire Emblem Three Hopes demo, and and um, it seems like a, a pretty good video game. Okay, I right. don't I don't think I particularly care about. Oh no, <laughs> uh, it's it's fine. It's here. Here's the thing they they made it's a, it's they made a another fire that you like me and Johnny is all I'm gonna say. Because <laughs> even if Fire Emblem, a new Fire yeah. Emblem game, cannot get you excited. A new Fire Emblem plus Dynasty Warriors. Like those are those are two things that I really really like. Um, the original Fire Emblem Warriors. So this is this is kind of a semi sequel to the original Fire Emblem Warriors, which I thought was a real piece of shit. Uh, um, I just didn't find that game fun at all. Oh, we know. Uh, I, I hated the story. I hated the way it looked. I hated the way it played. Uh, it was pretty bad all around. This one, they they took a more focused approach. It is based in the Three Houses timeline storyline stuff and it it has all of those characters in it so you're you're going to be very familiar with people uh the characters that are in there if you've played three houses before um one character that you won't be recognizing is the new character here their name is shez you can pick a guy or a girl shez and then that's your character uh you can also name whatever you want um, because they'll never say shez in the game 
Uh, they'll also never say Byleth in the game because they assume that you named Byleth whatever you wanted in Three Houses. So they'll go like, did, did hey. you fight, are you fighting a girl or a guy, Byleth? And then what's their name? And then they just call them the Ashen One the whole time to, huh. to sidestep that, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, it's also very weird. Uh, it's, it is technically in the timeline of Three Houses between the time skip. So Three Houses yeah. has a time skip. You're in the, the monastery, kind of a school setting, and then a time skip happens. Byleth kind of gets shifted off to another dimension, and uh, when you come back as Byleth, uh, it's, I can't remember, it's like 30 it's years have passed. Not 30. It, it, I thought it was five. Yeah, that might be right. It's, it's definitely shorter. Um, a, a number of years have passed, and uh, everything's fucked. <laughs> everything's yeah. way different from, from what it was like before, and now everyone who was getting along in the first part of the game is now at each other's throats in the second part of the game. Um, this is supposed to be happening during that that uh, chunk of time where Byleth wasn't there. I do not understand how that works in, in this game, because the the way it starts, it tries to start it, I think, before Three Houses. But it starts the same way Three Houses does, in that you are this mercenary who runs into the three house leaders, Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude, and then bandits attack. And then they bring you back to the monastery. I'm like, this is just Byleth's story. What are we doing here? Right. But you're also looking for Byleth as, uh -huh. as your character. Um, Weird. I, I, and then Byleth never gets mentioned uh, at all after you meet them one time and get your ass kicked by them. Uh, and then the events of the first part of Three Houses, the school stuff, still happens. And you kind of go through it. Again, Byleth isn't anywhere to be found, and you get to pick whichever house you want to be in, and shit just kind of happens. And then they don't even really mention the time skip part. There's there's not even the, the Byleth getting trapped. It's just, oh, now we're in the middle of it, and now everybody's fighting. Uh, it's very weird. It's very it's a very odd setup. I it this feels more like alternate time. Yeah, I was going to ask does. if it's if it is that or if it's considered canon with the original game. I really have no idea. It's I mean, it, that's it's how so I odd. thought about Hyrule Warriors, and I mean, I, I I believe that that was supposed to be the set. I'm sorry, the second the one. second yeah calamity age of yeah, calamity because that was supposed spoilers. I'm sorry for okay. I don't I don't know if y'all care, but like they straight up do fucking time time travel in that game right and if that is canon in that storyline like that kind of changes a lot of shit especially if you think about well what's zelda been doing for a hundred years while while link's been asleep like is it truly been a hundred years like or has there been stuff that happens there so like if they're following suit of what happened with like that storytelling with that with the the warriors game like could it be something similar here where it's just like a fucking weird one-off thing? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe that's happening here because if you're doing shit in between, especially on that time skip that happens out of three houses, one, you kind of addressed it already. Like, what the fuck? How do you even bring Byleth into this? Because they're gone. Two, right. that's a pretty dark fucking period. So either they need to lean into that and like let this kind of go go south quickly 
because that's also when you start to see some of the inner workings of what's happening with um, what's her name from that the the, the the baddie from the house. You know the baddie uh, and the baddie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. When when Edelgard decides the addressing empire should like actually she, you know what fuck the church she yes. turns heel. Yes. Yeah. That one. That's the one. Uh, it it is very weird though. Do you guys remember rescuing a red haired girl named Monica? Um, like right before the time skip happens you rescue this girl she's in like a dungeon at some point and and she seems fine she was a black eagle so like she goes back into the black eagles and then before the time skip i guess as a spoiler for three houses but um she like turns into kranya the the orange haired ninja girl yes 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 um and she's the one who kills Geralt's Byless Byless father, and then that kind of kicks off the time skip part. So in this, uh, I picked Black Eagles because uh, I wanted to. I, well, I wanted to get Petra on my team. Um, you know, actual actual real character of the year, Petra. Uh, Best girl. So I just wanted to, Petra. I, I just wanted to play with Petra. She is, you know, what in that game, man. There's some other good choices too. But yes, Petra's best girl. Um, I, I wanted to play with her. I wanted to have. Uh, I, I thought Edelgard would be kind of cool. Um, so I just ended up picking Black Eagles. And you rescue Monica really, really quickly in that. In this? Uh, yeah. Huh. And then she's part of your house. She's part of my team. You can play as Monica whenever you want. That's and, cool. And also, you run into Kranya in that level. So Monica is not Kranya, or Kranya comes and takes over Monica later? I, I can't... Again, I don't understand how the story works with this, and none of it feels like canon, and also, I know when you play different timeline or different uh, houses in three houses, uh, that, that maybe the timeline changes a little bit, because story stuff can change completely based on who you pick. I thought mostly the, the, the pre-timeskip story stayed the same, though. Uh... I, it's all very confusing. Anyway, story aside, it plays like a Dynasty Warriors game, which is fine. I'm I'm good with that. Like the Dynasty Warriors stuff is pretty solid. They have yeah, they don't like have the magic games. system. I, I love Dynasty Warriors games. I yeah. love like original ass Dynasty Warriors. Uh, I've played some Samurai Warriors, and that's okay. I've played the Warriors Orochi games, which kind of combine. Uh, Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors together, and those are silly and fun. Um, I have not had a great time with most of the we licensed another brand and made a Dynasty Warriors game out of them. Uh, the Gundam ones are really bad, but they're also really old. Um, I was really disappointed with the Persona 1 Strikers that came out last year. Um... They they haven't been all that great. The the Zelda one, Age of Calamity, is is probably the best one that I've played of these. Uh, and this one this one That's does so an good. abnormal job, I think. It, it's it's pretty good. I like the way that the Zelda one incorporates the magic stuff. Yeah. Um, all that stuff seems pretty smart. And they've they've found ways of incorporating the three houses stuff into this game in a relatively smart way. So you have. You don't have the magic system like you do in Zelda, but what you do have that works in a similar fashion is combat arts. So the you would you would collect those combat arts in three houses, and then you could use them as special attacks. They're special attacks here that you can kind of trigger at any time. Your weapons have 
infinite durability in that you can keep fighting with your weapon all the time, but when you use combat arts, there's a separate gauge meter that is called durability, and you have to find things in the world that will heal that, that weapon durability so you can use your combat arts, which, which is I think is an okay system. That works just fine. Yeah, that's, that's hmm. interesting. It's okay. There are uh, there are vulnerabilities, so you can heal yourself whenever you want to. You can also find health throughout the world. Um, it's got the the muso attacks, your super attacks. Those are basically how how it works. Um, it's just so many mechanics. I think it's I think it's too many mechanics for this game because they try to add in basically every mechanic of Fire Emblem, both in and out of combat. And then they also combine it with everything that a Dynasty Warriors game can do. And it's too much. It's this this should be like a fun side thing that I get to play with some of my favorite characters and we get to do some chats in between and and you just tell me a story. And this game is so much. It is it is you know how you went back to the monastery between every battle in three houses. Well, this time you're going to a camp. And you're talking to everybody in the camp, and you're giving gifts in the same way that you did at, in MT. You're no tea uh, time. Uh, there, I believe there is tea time. I have not. Tea time is not a part of the demo, but yeah. I have seen people drinking tea in some trailers. So tea time is definitely in there somewhere. Um, you're you're upgrading buildings. You're. Uh, you're doing the train. It has the same thing where you only have so many, so many time points that you can use to spend on uh, cooking with people and sharing a meal with people, or doing chores that uh, get you some uh, uh, some renown that you can spend, and then also the camaraderie between your your party members. It has support conversations. It has it. It just it has so goddamn much. Uh, and it, plus, yeah. it has all the weapon shit from from Dynasty Warriors, where you have all these different weapons. You can craft weapons. You can buy new weapons. Uh, it's it is a ridiculous amount of things that it is throwing at you all the time, and I just I'm just exhausted by it. <laughs> I I just kind of want a fun Dynasty Warriors game where I'm playing with my with my three houses friends, and sure. it's it's just it's just not that. So are you gonna pick uh, it up or not? I don't think so. At least not right now. I have okay. so many other games that I can play that I'm way more excited to play. Um, it, it also has classes in it. And it does classes in a, in a kind of interesting way where it's like Three Houses where you start with your starting classes and then when you level up and you, you use these classes and you get better at them, you can master them. And then that unlocks further classes that you can be. And you can, like in Three Houses, you can change people's classes. You can have, like, Bernadetta starts as an archer, but you can take Bernadetta and turn her into an armor knight if you want to. Hmm. And sure, she's not going to, to play, that's not to her strengths, but you can make her do that and, and build her in that way and give her the weapons to make her work like that. Um, so it is kind of customizable in that way, uh, which, is, which is kind of interesting and cool. But also, it means that when you first start playing that game, everyone plays like shit because everyone's attacks are super slow. They don't have a lot of chaining attacks. Uh, there's there's only so much you can do with these characters, and they just feel like garbage. And then once you level them up, 
Um, like I, I got Petra from a, a Myrmidon, which felt like shit because it's a starting class. And then I upgraded to her, upgraded her to a thief, and holy shit, she feels amazing. Nice. Uh, every time she's got like a dodge attack. Uh, or just a, a straight up dodge, but when she dodges, she uh, hits people with a wind attack every time she dashes. It's almost like playing Hades. Uh, and she can change so many attacks, and her attacks are super fast. And I got her a venom sword, so now she's poisoning people every time she attacks. She's got big fucking whirlwinds that she can uh, summon up, and that just oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. It's not, it but also, it's so, so much invested. because you're not gonna play it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I I have I think there's a good game in there. And I think some people will play this and have a great time. And if you if you are coming to it thinking this is a very deep hack and slash game that I'm going to get way into, the game has so much for you. And I I do think it is a good game in that respect. But for what I want out of this, something that I can just quickly jump in and jump out of. Like, when I play Dynasty Warriors, I just want to play the Yellow Turban Rebellion, sma like, slash a bunch of people in a crazy way, and then get out, and then do something else. Right. And, and it's not a game that I want to play for four straight hours. It's a game I want to it's, play for maybe one hour and then move on to something else. So and it's three houses too says, involved. No. Yes, okay. it is. It's too involved. It's too complex. It's, hmm. it's just too much. Even though what's there is... Pretty solid. And I did feel myself think, kind of want to go back and try a little bit more of Three Hopes. Uh, and then I, I realized they didn't have much demo left. Um, I, I guess I could start the demo over again and play with one of the other houses. Uh, but. All right. That's fire. Somebody out there is going to like this game Three a lot. Hopes demo. And it's, it's way better than Warriors. Fire Emblem Warriors is dog shit. Uh, dog water, some might dog say. Water, but um, but this game is is solid. It's just not quite what I'm looking for, and it kind of bums me out because I would like to know this extra three houses story stuff that's in there. Okay. All right, Chase. Well, thanks for that update. Buyer beware. It sounds like, but that game is launching relatively soon. Uh, demos out on the eShop right now. If you want to check it out yourself, and uh, report back and let us know what you think. Uh, well, I've been busy, and I've gone down a rabbit hole, as I tend to do with things. Straight and into hell. Straight into hell. Um, you all know I was playing Diablo Immortal and having a really good time with that. I am still mm -hmm. playing Diablo Immortal. Uh, I am at level 53 now of 60 with my Barbarian, and I have a level 25 Necromancer there. Uh, I'm logging in every day, playing, having a good time, running through a few things. I'm at the point now where I can get some good legendary drops and I'm, I'm working on some different builds and approaches for uh, my character. Apparently there's a pretty strong PVP scene in that game that like, I don't want any part of, but um, I have joined up with a clan that has given me some more missions and there's even some like raid type stuff that you can do. I have, I have not found the monetization to be a problem. Uh, I have not felt the the need to dump money into this game. Quite frankly, like I did the battle pass and I did the boon of plenty. And that's given me every day I get like not a rare quest uh, crest, but like a standard crest that I can use to up my chances of getting like a legendary drop 
on uh, one of these these runs, which has been a ton of fun. Um, and I I'm having a great time with it. Having said so, that, so you're saying that Reddit is is blowing this out of proportion when it comes to the monetization stuff? I feel that it depends on like what you're looking at, like in comparison to like a a traditional Diablo game. Yeah, you're gonna see all those things like, hey, go over to the shop, buy these currencies. You can do that. Like it's absolutely there, but it's not like the game's stopping me from doing it. Like, hey, watch this ad, or hey, you can speed this grind up if you if you buy this thing, you can get these things there. Like I literally opened this game up. I've been playing it uh, primarily on my iPad with the Backbone controller connected to it, and I just prop it up on my lap when I'm hanging out on the couch, running through a few things there. The matchmaking shit to do my elder rifts has been great and i'm having a great time with it it plays like a fucking solid diablo game um i like the the touchscreen stuff isn't terrible like if i needed to just like open up my phone and run and do some shit like i can absolutely do that but i do think that when i hit 60 and depending on like what you want to do like if you want to min max the shit out of your character and you want to have like the best opportunity to do stuff you're going to you're going to put money into this to get a better chance at getting the gems, runes, gear, etc. But I've gotten I think there's like three or four piece like for each piece of armor for your character there's like three or four different variants of legendary gear that does something different for your build and I've gotten a pretty good amount of those right now. And so I can do some some pretty cool stuff with it. So Diablo Immortal still really good. But I think what the game has done and what I've been reading about online and what it's definitely done for me is, hey, why don't you just go play Diablo 3 or yeah. check out Diablo 2? And so I've read a lot of reviews about Diablo Mortal is a perfectly fine Diablo game. And quite frankly, it's about as good as you can get on a mobile device. But Diablo 3 has gotten pretty damn good and it's still really solid. And I think the zeitgeist around Diablo 4 and more of that being shown has gotten me excited and I tapped into something here. Like I actually like Diablo quite a bit and I hadn't put a lot of time into it. Uh, the first one I ever played was Diablo three when it launched on the switch and I had a good time with it there. You hate the switch. So you stop playing the it. switch. Sure. Um, but I ended up picking up Diablo three and I had done some research. It was like, should I, should I go to two? Should I go to three? I remember watching two. Um, so I got three and I've been just having an absolute blast playing through that. Like it's been what I've probably sunk the most time in, in between shit. Cause it's just been an easy throw podcast on kind of shut your brain down a little bit and just enjoy playing something. And, um, I got curious about two because I know that it has full on controller support. And I was like, you know what, maybe you can just like play this on your steam deck when you're not hanging out at your computer and kind of simultaneously do that yeah. and that remake it too is is really well done uh they've done a great job making that look modern but it still plays like an older game and i i think i've talked to both of you about this but i'll say it here as well it would be like if they made red and blue look really good we would love that because we grew up with it and we have a fondness with pokemon red and blue but if they kept all like every single mechanic the same like pokemon has gotten way better from a quality of life standpoint than what it was back then yeah, yeah i mean like one of the reasons that fire red and leaf green 
are are so beloved by me at least is that they do they they do kind of get that best of both worlds it's the yeah. stuff i know from red and blue but it's uh, you get the running shoes yeah you, yeah. you there, are, are, there are dark types in that there's yes there there's bus stuff up there uh and and it's kind of similar for let's go pikachu and let's go eevee that's a little bit different because they they changed maybe too much but but bobby to your point i imagine there's uh make not even really a subset i bet there's most gamers out there at least the ones who have played diablo 2 before that want it to play like diablo yeah. 2 if they're it's buying a game it is it is one of their best games ever and yeah. if you change that they probably would get real pissed um, yeah but right. but for people like you and me who a- admired diablo 2 from afar but never really played it and and had our first yeah, I never played it either. Three. Yeah, my first experience. Like having your first Diablo experience with being three, it probably makes two feel difficult to go back to. And, yeah, 100%. And as much as I'd like to play two just from a from a historical um, appreciation standpoint, I think if I did get... If I did go and play a Diablo right now, it would probably be loading up three and, and playing Reaper of Souls or whatever. Well, at the time of this recording, which is June 22nd, the they have a big summer sale going on right now. So if you if you are looking to play it on Mac or PC, you can get it for $10. That's not everything with the DLC. I think that's $29 to get everything right now. It is. Um, <laughs> Johnny ended up picking that up, which I'm, I've been begging him to grab it because I'd love to play it with some people. Like I'm just having a really great time with that. And, and, and three also goes on sale on switch pretty decent yeah and they've done like i think they're on season 26 um and i believe that they've done something where like you can play older seasons as well if you wanted to get like a certain loadout or gear that was available in that season for your character like you can do that i'm oh, pretty dude, they sure. they support these games forever yeah so. and i uh so all that to be said like i I am not going to be playing two. Um, I'm going to continue playing Immortal, like until that game makes it abundantly clear that it wants my money to to go further. I'm going to keep playing it because I I'm just having a really good time with it. Um, but three is great, and all that to say, like I got so excited when Diablo four was shown at the Xbox Bethesda presentation that like that's quickly become one of my most anticipated games for next year, and I think that. Some of the mechanics as far as control goes with Diablo uh, Immortal and then some of the stuff from 3, looking ahead to what they can do with a game that will have cross-progression, uh, cross-play, I think that's going to solve a lot of problems, even even that local co-op that they'll have with it. So I, I can't wait. Um, I'm hoping that that does go through on the deal and that that will be included with Game Pass. Like I, would, I just kind of move away from Battle.net if I can. But I'm having a really good time with Diablo 3, which is an old game at this point, but I've been playing the shit out of it. And I hit level 41 on there with my Necromancer. So Just so much Diablo. Diablos, <clears throat> baby. Johnny, what have you been doing? Yeah. Uh, I uh, have been playing a little game uh, from the maker of a game that you all know and love, Donut County. Uh, called Neon White. That's weird that those two games are made by the same. It is. It's very strange. I told that to Jude earlier, and he was like, wait, the game with the hole? I was like, yeah. (laughs) I I Um, keep hearing so much about this game that, like, makes me feel like I should give another shot. 
I think you should, because Neon White fucking rules. It's Yeah, but the, the things I've seen and read are people saying that Neon White is an incredible game for a very specific group of people. And I feel like Bobby's not in that group. And it, it might just be the anime appreciators group that, that Bobby is definitely not a part of. I mean, he knows about every anime as we, as we sure. see firsthand in every casual yeah, yeah, Monday, yeah. but I don't think Bobby likes anime all that much. So I don't think he appreciates that, holy shit, that's Spike Spiegel, even though Cowboy Bebop is like the one anime you've actually seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole whole premise of this is you are uh, one of a band of assassins uh, that has died somehow, and Kevin is holding an annual contest to let one person in heaven who can clear out all these demons that have infiltrated their way in there. And uh, each level is like a little obstacle course. I, I described it to Chase as like anime titanfall gauntlet um because it is a lot of you know you're you're running the course and you're figuring out the most effective way to get to the end of the level because at the end of the level you're graded uh bronze silver gold and then there's platinum um and it's a fps platformer uh i don't know it's it's a weird Amalgamation of a little different deck things. Builder, As, a yeah, little you're pick you're picking up cards, and the cards are like a gun that you can shoot, or you can discard it, and it gives you a specific ability. So there's one that makes you dash forward really far. That's one. That, there's one that lets you jump. Uh, there's one uh, that throws like a little grenade, and the whole first set of missions is teaching you the basics, like the rules and the mechanics of the world. Let me ask uh, you a question about that. Yeah. Because that's, like, I liked all that. Like, I thought that stuff was cool. Like, the, the card system made sense to me. I liked, mm -hmm. I liked that it had some platforming elements to it. Yeah. I, I did not like how it felt. And I felt that it was not a tight experience. I felt it was very swimmy. And it did not carry a weight that I was hoping that, like, a platformer would have. Um... I mean, there is a certain amount of floatiness to it, but haven't ever felt like that's been to my detriment. If anything, it lets me adjust my landing. It gives me more time to figure out where I'm going to fall. The Luigi Mario 2 effect, yes. Yeah. Um, and once... So that was a little strange at first, because you really have to get used to, like, okay, gravity doesn't work the way that it would in... Are like, you a playing this world. with a mouse and keyboard? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I played it at first with my Xbox controller. No way. Um, and then I was like, you know, this kind of feels like when I was playing Doom, and I really should be playing with a mouse and keyboard for this. And I mean, that it, precision probably really helps. And that, it that's, does. that might be the only reason I haven't picked it up on Switch yet, mm -hmm. is that I'm, I'm a little worried that if it does feel a little floaty and loose, that being on Joy-Cons or a Pro Controller is not going yeah, to Yeah, and it was never... It never hindered me. Like, I was getting, like, decent scores on those levels. It's just, like, it was still fun, but I felt like I really tapped into the secret sauce or whatever that's in here once I had that more fine control over where I was going. Because you're also having to kill enemies as you're running through the, the level. Um, so 
just like in the Titanfall gauntlet, you're like, okay, I'm going to run here, I'm going to shoot this demon, I'm going to pick up the card he drops, like, you're, and you, like, I replay each level at least a couple times, because after you run through it, you get graded, and then uh, there's a gift that you unlock that is hidden somewhere in the level, and it makes you use the abilities that you're picking up in a different way than... Like if you're just trying to get to the end of the level, so okay, um, that that was kind of my question: is how much does this feel like you have some freedom of expression in how mm-hmm. you in how you play it versus we gave you these three gun cards and we're expecting you to use them in these three places in the level? Yeah, no, I mean absolutely, there is a a uh, critical path that you can run down, but. It's very obvious based on because after you reach a certain level of insight, which the level to the level which you get by um, completing it, and there's like a certain amount of time, uh, you'll unlock like your ghost and uh, a hint. So there'll be a floating icon that shows you like, hey, I don't know if you look down here, but if you head this way, you can get to the end of the level a little bit faster. And uh, the gifts are items that you can give to the other assassins that are here with you. The other the other neons. So there's neon violet, there's neon yellow, there's neon red uh, that I've met so far. And you're working, you're taking missions that are being assigned to you by this cat who's an angel. And the whole reason that say, like all cats are angels. Well, no, it's like, well, I'm just assuming a form that your feeble little brain can comprehend, mm. uh, rather than you know seeing what an angel actually looks like. And it's this like cat with sunglasses chomping on a cigar. It's pretty good. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you have to reach a certain uh, level to unlock the next batch of missions, so that also like it's it, it's not really harsh, like I think after I completed the first batch, I had to go back and replay two levels, I think, that I had gotten bronze on to get to the level that let me unlock the next set of levels so they are also encouraging you to go back and revisit but um, what I've been doing is completing it and then going back through and, and trying to do a little bit better than I did the time before. And uh, it is, it's so much fun. I, it's, I've got it, I've got it downloaded. I'm going to give it another shot Okay. and see if they, cause I mean, I played, this was a couple steam next effects back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember you saying I, you played a demo for it. It was a while ago. And, um, it's not fair. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. it's not fair for me to hold a game to that stand as a demo, right? They've probably taken mm-hmm. feedback and worked on it. So I'm, and there's uh, that game is overwhelmingly positive on Steam right now. It's getting talked about. I see people tweeting about it daily since this 1.0 release. Um, and that's also a demo that you played two years ago. It's not but, like the yeah. Three Hopes demo that I played that that game's out Friday. They're not changing it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my point. Is that like I've got it downloaded? It's on my computer. I'm gonna check it out again. Um, I see, it, I see if it's improved. Yeah, I can I can tell you with a fair amount of confidence that unless it slips up in some dramatic way, like this is going to be probably pretty high on my list at the end of the year. And I like I still I think that there's new mechanics and shit that I haven't even unlocked yet. So cool. Um, yeah, and so one other cool thing. So there's the main levels, and then as you pick up gifts and you give them to the other characters in the hub area, uh, you unlock new dialogue with them. And also side quests, uh, which are 
more challenging versions of levels. Um, so there, there is one that like you basically had to keep jumping. So you had to because you every time you if you right click that spins a card that gets rid of it to activate its ability. And if you use all the ammo that it, the card contains, that also gets rid of it. You always have a sword that you can use. If your sword runs out, you use your fists. Um, so you're running through this level, and you're having to time your jumps just right and, and figure out, okay, which direction do I need to turn after I go on this corner? Because there's no platform or anything. I need to know which way to launch myself to get to the next card. And uh, you, Do you find the game to be very horny? Mm, no more so than, you know, your your 90s, early 2000s anime. Like it's, oh, so extremely horny. Yeah. Like, no, I don't know if it's like Master Roshi levels, um, but there's definitely some uh, innuendo things of that nature. There's the, the blushing of the face. And, I mean, it's like a little visual novel. Um, but, I don't know. I, I found the writing to be, it's okay. Like, it's not, it's not terrible. I, I, I remember the dialogue being kind of cringy when I played that it game. Can, yeah, it can get a little... But you can also skip through it but pretty easily. I also find anime to be a little cringy. So I mean, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoying my time with Neon White so far. Nice, man. Uh, that was Neon White. That is out on PC, Switch, I think Xbox. I think it's on everything. I'm pretty sure. Um, think so? Chase, what else have you been playing, PlayStation? man? Let me let me check one real quick. I want to know if Neon White's on PlayStation. I think it is. Um, I'm just seeing switching windows. Okay. I I can see that game making its way to Game Pass. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, let me tell you about another game I've been playing. I actually just played it tonight. Um, I downloaded it last week though, and I was pretty excited about it. It's called Platformer Toolkit. It is free. It is out on itch. Uh, I'm going to put it in the chat. If you're out in chat and you want to you want to just give this a shot. Uh, it also has a browser based version. It's on Windows, Mac, Linux, basically everything. Um, you, if you're listening to this, then uh, go to itch.io and, and look up Platformer Toolkit and I'm sure you'll find it. Um, Platformer Toolkit is made by Mark Brown who is a, uh, a YouTuber who, who runs the channel Game Maker's Toolkit. Uh, have either of you guys watched anything from Game Maker's Toolkit before? Yep. I think so. Okay. Uh, it's, it's mostly kind of for developers. I, I mean, it's kind of for both. It's, it's for people who are really interested in the inner workings of games and why games feel so good. It's, it's really interesting to hear I, Johnny talk about Neon yep. White and, and Bobby, the way you talked about the floatiness of jumps and how things move, because that's 100% what Platformer Toolkit is all about. Huh. It is a game that is a tutorial on how jumping and running feels in platformers. And and what uh, Mark's done uh, with, it seems like there are some other credits in there too from, from people who are up and out. Um, what he's done is he's he's built a little game where you start with a little Game Boy character called Kit, and you play around with the way Kit moves, and you see how it, it's just like a little visual indicators that you can play around with little sliders that allow you to change the, the speed of Kit, or change her jump height, or change the way 
the way jumping and running works. So like you, uh, when you're when you're running in a platform platformer, how how long does it take for your character to get up to full speed? How long does it take them gotcha. to stop? How how fast can they go? And and then you get into jumps. You know how how high is the jump? Does the jump have a, a nice graceful arc going up? Does it have extra gravity when you're coming down? And one of the coolest things here, once you complete the tutorial slash game, the game is basically a tutorial, uh, they they unlock four approximations of of uh, of platforming uh, movement. Uh, one is uh, like this is our closest approximation to what Super Mario Brothers one feels like. This is what Sonic feels like. This is what Celeste feels like, Ooh. and then this is what Super Meat Boy feels like. And it gives you four very distinct. Oh, and, and you actually, when you click those and see the presets, you see how they work with with the the visual indicators and the sliders. You can go, okay, now I see. Oh, you know how? Here's how I can break down exactly how the Mario jump is different from the Sonic jump just by looking at weird. Okay, it has it has this much acceleration to it, this much initial jump height. Um, it, it jumps up to this height, and then here. Oh, isn't it really interesting how how Celeste has this uh, this like immediate air break on it, and has so much downward gravity compared to something like Super Mario Brothers that is inherently flippier and 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 floatier in the way that its jumps work. It's it's very cool. It's very short. It'll take you maybe it'll take you less than twenty minutes if you're if you're not really just poking and prodding it all the time. But I think it's a really interesting way to look at games on a deeper level and have a better appreciation for how games work. Because the the as I was going through this game slash tutorial, I'm tweaking my settings and going, okay, I think this this feels kind of right for me before I move on to the next setting. So then at the end of the game, it just kind of gives you this big level that you can run around in. And I went, okay, I think this feels good. I, I think this is how I'd like to how I'd like my games to feel. And then when it unlocks those presets and I turn on Super Mario Brothers mode and I see how their settings are extremely different from the settings that I had, I look at that and go, wow. Does this game play like shit, or, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh, but it's also it's just very interesting, and and it is a little bit of a misnomer in in one way that you're you're kind of tweaking the character in this in this platformer toolkit game to fit the level that they have. Where if you were really developing a video game, you'd tweak the character's jump until it felt good, and, and tweak the character's movement until it felt right. And then you'd probably build your level after that to fit the way your character feels, not fitting a character to the way the, the game level design is built. But even still, I think it's a really interesting way to, to just look at games. Um, I, I downloaded it. It has controller support and, and mouse and keyboard support. Nice. Um, I, I think it's well worth everyone to play just to get a better idea of, of the games that you play. And then I would also suggest to go check out Game Maker's Toolkit on YouTube and watch a few of those. There are some really interesting ones, um, uh, interesting one-off videos. He also has a couple series. Boss Keys, I think, is is probably his best series, where he starts by breaking down the way that Zelda dungeons work. 
Oh, and awesome. and how you how they make you find keys to open doors and and comparing how different Zelda games make their dungeons in different ways and have different philosophies based on that. Um, and then he did the same thing with Metroid games because they have very similar find a key to open a door or find a power to get past a get past an obstacle. And uh, and I think those are very good. It's just a, it's a cool time. Again, free, quick. Everyone Thanks, should man. try a platformer toolkit. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the show rather than watching it, we'll make sure to direct you to our show notes where we'll have a link to that as well. Totally. Uh, all right, Chase. Platformer toolkit on itch. Check it out, everybody. Um, I've got a couple more games to get through. I'm going to go one, go to Johnny. I think Johnny only have one more. When we come back yeah. to me, I'll wrap up with two that'll be back to back really quick here, unless you have a third that I don't know about, Chase. No. Okay. Um, I did something stupid. No, you know, that's I, I, I mean, sure. It's a it's a day that ends with Y, right? Yeah, yeah. You I did something terribly predictable. Late to the party on this one, though. Um, I checked out Factorio, and I'll be brief that's on. That's not as late to the party as it is. Like you've been hanging outside the party, like looking through the window and going, "Cool party! I wanna, I wanna be a part of that party." <laughs> and then they finally let you in. I'd love to so get that party someday. What what I had first like I I, I played Satisfactory a couple of years ago and that's going to be a new version of that not new version but I think like there's six updates coming here soon on that but that was hitting the new stream because a pretty big update to Satisfactory is coming and uh, I found a thread where I I had seen people talking about Factorio and. This was silly of me, and I admit uh-huh. that now, but like I'd always felt like Factorio was like a less than experience than what Satisfactory was, just based off of mm-hmm. like how that game looked and like in the th- third dimension versus this like top down look on it. Sure, but that I, first person view that, yeah, it, it felt it could feel bigger in a way because because yeah. of how that camera worked. Yeah. Um, but what I had read that I thought was incredibly fascinating and just really cool was they were talking about like how involved the de- the developers of Factorio had been with their community, um, how they continually update the game, how they talk about what they're updating on the game, and just their overall relationship with the base playing that game, which is a lot of people. There's a lot of people who love that game. But what I, what I saw there that had spawned from this satisfactory news was the, the, the devs from Factorio had the devs from Satisfactory over essentially to talk to them about like how to incorporate ideas into their game. And I thought that was just like really fucking rad and really cool. And I'm like, you know what? I want to give these guys some money. And this is a game that I just was already on, like just pop my bubble and let me play it already. Um, It's a bit more of a tower defense game than I had realized. And it's pretty neat how they do this. Like a lot of the, the trappings of what you would have in satisfactory, are here like it's literally not the same thing but conceptually there's some ideas that are shared um one of which is you use a series of arms with conveyor belts that that move either counterclockwise or clockwise and so if i have a belt that's feeding ore that i need to have smelt i'll put this arm in between a smelter and that and the arm is just kind of ticking going back and forth moving stuff which is a cool concept but you're building these big gun turrets because every so often there's going to be hordes of enemies 
insectoid alien types that are going to come run in and like and you you have enemy types in satisfactory but they don't come and attack your factory they attack you when you're out in the wild these things will come in and fucking destroy your factory and so you want to build up a defense system that can basically you had to say tower defense what just had to say tower defense because now johnny's interested (laughs) i love tower defense games oh and you like satisfactory yeah i mean there there are a decent amount of games that are that are around like this haven't we quick looked wasn't there other ones that we quick looked bobby we did yeah it was the one you actually told me like hey this seems like something you'd want to check out hit game pass that was when we you were like the mech robot i mean you're right uh, and you went to like different planets that had different no that's that's a different oh that was like that was another different one Yeah. yeah of course yeah um but this is a it, it's really cool it does visually remind me of like a super nintendo era video game and it reminds me a little bit more of like super nintendo sim city in some regards um and i don't say that disparaging like it's a really cool game to look at like it's got an, a unique style to it why would that be disparaging super nintendo sim city is one of the best games ever made i i agree with you but i think when you talk about like I, Satisfactory has I think, a level. I think of more games should be like SNES, uh, SimCity. Um, I think I think SimCity, current SimCity, should be more like SNES SimCity. You fucked it up, Will Wright. Uh, the last thing I'll say on it, a lot. I say this almost every time I bring up one of these games. It can be kind of hard to crack into, and I think at first glance it can be pretty overwhelming. But they have an incredible tutorial that they bring you through, where it's like four different levels. And the first level is pretty barren. Hey, your your ship crashed over here. Go and do these things. Get used to it. There is a demo also. And I think that demo does a really great job because it does the tutorial as well. Um, it's free demo on PC. Check that out. But there is an... Bobby, inc- to that point, can mm-hmm. I ask you a question? What's, yeah. uh, what is Baby's first factory game? If What is like, hey, okay, okay, Bobby, I want to try one of these factory making games. What what's the first one you you'd point me towards? Does Factorio having a good enough tutorial like that make it a number one? Is it still satisfactory? Because that's I, the one I'm you gonna, kind of fell in love with. I'm gonna say it's satisfactory for this reason: is that there's something about that thir- three dimensional space in Satisfactory where it's easier for you to kind of see like I can get on my belt and ride my belt, or I can. I can see a little bit more in the distance, like, hey, there's going to be this ore outpost. And like I can see how my cables would be ran, where the the grid element, I think, of this, I don't want to use the word muddy, but it, it can be a little confusing as you're starting to see how like arms and, and belts and things like that move. Like there's not an easy way to, to gauge depth. And I also think that if you are coming into this game chances are at some point in your life you've played a first person shooter and so mechanically you know how to interact and move that a little bit easier than maybe how you would move your guy who is responsible for doing things like mining and constructing the the placement in factorio you you can like i can be a a few spaces away from something and still interact with it to like open it up or build it but it's kind of confusing on how you would place your character on that. So I, I still think Satisfactory does a really nice job and it has the hub 
it where, has a good onboarding process. Yeah. And I think sure. that's a, a pretty, a pretty great one. I really do. Okay. Um, but fat factorio is really cool. And I think that it's worth the 30 bucks that this game cost, and that, that the developers are amazing people. They're doing great work and um you can't go wrong with either satisfactory or factorio and i i think it's hard to be like i'm gonna i'm either one of these or one of those because they i mean there's people on the steam reviews like yeah i, I just hit thousand hours on factorio and, and it's got a hundred thousand reviews sitting like 98 percent positive so it's so it's, good it's it's, it's really, much beloved really, by the it's, people it's, that like it's this very game. very well done and i think it does some interesting stuff like Last thing is like combat wise, you're putting armor on, you can you can craft different types of guns, different types of ammunition, different types of turrets that you're building stuff into. Um, and it's pretty, pretty satisfying when you create these choke points that these aliens come through and they just get melted by your towers. Like it's really fucking cool when that happens. See, you're just you're <laughs> speaking my language right now. And I'll tell you what, Johnny, if you wanted to handle because I rather build and and mine and do that stuff. So if you wanted to just like build up an automated defense system and let me just build out your your factory i would be a-okay with that i'm so i'm head of security that's what you're head of security and i'm bob the builder yeah awesome i i have taught myself not to be susceptible to bobby's siren song uh, when it comes to games that i know i will not like I yeah I know that Chase I will never win you over on you you can the, tease me with a good tower defense time as much as you want but I know there's a factory building game behind it and I I let can't me do, do it, it. I, I will own that it. I will be the factory schlump here let me do that uh, anyway that's Factorio it's an older game but it's it's got a lot of really great things to offer so check that out Johnny yo um. I can make this pretty brief. Um, so Super Mario Strikers Battle League came out earlier this month, and it is uh, the third game uh, in the long-running franchise that first came out on the GameCube. Long-running. Long-running. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, the second game came on the Wii <clears throat> 17 years ago, and or 15 years ago. It's been oh, a long what, time. What was the Wii U one? There wasn't a Wii U one. There was a what? Wii U one. How is that possible? I because nobody bought a Wii, so they said, "Fuck this, we're not making nobody a Wii." Game. Lots of people bought Wii. So That's right. Historically, um, historically yes. lots of people bought Wii. Um, so this game came out, and I've put a not insignificant amount of time into it. Uh, I've only done local, so I haven't tried any of the co-op because I had a friend of mine who also bought it that said that it's it's total dog water. Don't try it. Um, oh, was that your son that you said say- that? Like mm-hmm. it, when you say that, does it mean that it it like the net code's bad? Or yeah, he said it's, it's real real laggy and okay. it just does not perform well. Because we had made plans like, hey, we should play this game together. I mean, that's uh, really surprising for a Nintendo game to not have. Gotten- yeah, right. For them not to get it, but uh, I can say mechanically, if you're playing local, it's so much fun. Um, it is a soccer like game. Uh, so there are uh, power-ups that you're picking up on the map and uh, like turtle shells and banana peels and bombs. Uh, you are choosing a team of all 
regular Mario characters, whereas in the past it was like your captain was like Mario or Luigi or Peach or somebody, and then you had Koopas or uh, Toads that were the other players in your team. And this one, it's all... It's uh, you can you can have a team of all just Toads or Yoshi's, but you can't have a team of say like all Mario's. Because um, it's all Mario's. Yeah, I can't have that. Yeah, um, that'd be chaos. And uh, it has the charge strikes like, like 128 Mario's. You can't do that. It can't do that at all. Um, uh, you have uh, the the special power up strikes that if you if you time it just right, it counts as two. Two points instead of just one, um, and uh, you can you can tackle. The wall is electric, so if you tackle somebody in the wall, they're disabled for a few seconds. And it has like it. There's a complexity to the mechanics to it that it's not like it is pick up and play, but there's enough going on there underneath that I think if someone took the time to get really good at it. It's, you know, it's similar to like what you have in a fighting game. Like anyone can pick up and play Street Fighter, but if you're playing against someone who is taking the time to really learn how those characters work, they're just going to mop the floor with you. Does um, it have? Does it have like satisfying single player options, or, or is it really going to be fun if you're playing this with the, somebody else? One of the complaints is that it is relatively light on content. I think that's. I yeah. think that's fair because I've played through three or four of the cups that are on offer. I think there's six or eight in total. There's not a campaign on this. No, there's no story mode or anything like that. Um, they said that they're going to add. But on the other hand, it doesn't have a, a Mario Golf Super Rush campaign. So no. what's worse, honestly? Yeah. Um, that's fair. So fair. I don't like. I I don't regret buying this game, uh, and. I haven't spent as much time with it as I originally anticipated, but when I have played it, I've had a lot of fun. Well, let me ask um, you a quick question. Yeah. It seems odd to me that this game carries, and this is a stupid fucking argument, but I'm going to make it anyway, because sticker prices are dumb. Okay. It's weird to me that this game would carry a $60 price tag where uh -huh. Switch Sports would be 40 And I say that because it seems like it's pretty fucking shallow. Mm -hmm. And it seems like if you are going to just create a game where you are playing against a bot or a friend, that mm -hmm. maybe Switch Sports has more to offer on that realm than what this does in its current iteration. So I think I, 40, I think that I think that is entirely dependent on who you are and what you're looking for. I'm always saying is, that I haven't played this game, not even the demo, but I've read a lot of reviews, listened to some podcasts, and the consensus is that this is nowhere near a $60 value. And it's current I mean, one, offering. One of those two games that you brought up has Mario in it. Yeah. And the other one yeah. does. <laughs> and I think uh, that probably probably answers mm -hmm. your question. And uh, the Mario attacks. I mean, um, also, in terms of Switch Sports, Wii Sports was free. Like it yeah. came with the it came with the I console. I think I think there is uh and then and then a Wii Sports Resort, I don't believe that was a full price game either, right? Or or was it only full price because it came with the it came with the a Wii mode. The Wii Pro controller, or yeah. the Wii Pro um, motion motion plot. Wii motion. I don't plus. know. Jesus, almost got it. Uh, <laughs> final thing: the animations in this game are so good. Uh, like the celebrations that uh, the different characters have when they score, and just in I've general. Seen some, I've seen some 
quote unquote good Waluigi animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wario, uh, he'll swallow a huge thing of garlic and burp and nice yeah, safe. Just does Wario stuff. Uh, and in there. Yeah. Those those are really really good. You can you can tell like it's the same it's the same team that made Luigi's Mansion three, and okay. that level of polish when it comes to that stuff really shines through here. Nice um, man. Nice. So yeah, I would say if you are a big fan of the series like I am, it's probably worth dropping sixty bucks on. Um, and, and if you got people to play with locally, exactly. Um, yeah. But for just the like, not that Nintendo games ever go on sale, really, but uh, if you, you could wait for a sale, and it'd probably be worth more than Or wait until they add more stuff to it, because they've said, like, they're adding more characters and, and stuff. It's sure. just, yeah, like, I think maybe they maybe they put it out so they'd have something out in the summer, and I don't know. It's, okay, yeah, because I know that that was the general consensus, was it was a little light on nice. on content. Maybe they'll wait five years and then Ooh. bring out more new courses over the talking. course of a fucking year. Yeah. It's the next Mario Kart DLC God coming out, goddammit. Uh, let me tell you all about, speaking of roads, one last thing yeah. here. Um, mm-hmm. Please fix the road. And that Are game you just came, talking to the city of St. Louis? I know, because right they, they do that. Too. Please they fix need, your roads. They equally need to fix the roads and stop fixing the roads because it's a never-ending cycle. Oh, that's a, you know what, great point. Um, Please Fix the Road originated as like a 2014 Flash game, and it's been an active development since then. I think it's one person making this. Um, Maybe you've seen some animations for this game. I would say arguably some of the best looking animations I've seen in a puzzle game to date. Uh, It's a very minimalistic puzzle game where you are kind of jigsawing different road pieces that you have predetermined out in so you are destroying parts of the map and placing a new uh parts of the map to fix the road so you can get your car from point a to point b it is gorgeous it's got a great look to it um i thought this might have been just like a pretty simple romp go through because i thought it was going to be maybe a little bit more style than substance just based off of some of the things i was seeing here for it but uh i have not gotten there yet but apparently this game amps up the difficulty quite a bit really oh yeah and i think that it gets to get into some pretty head scratching scenarios um there's been a quality of life update that came out uh again talking about great developers uh ariel jerkowski i believe is his name yep um very very transparent very open uh asking for feedback on like hey notice things let me know i want to make sure this game runs really well when it comes out it's been a really big patch with some great patch notes that came out but also i think 10 additional levels were added into that um one of the best looking games i've played this year probably for a while it's absolutely pleasant to experience look at the whole package is just fantastic um chase it reminds me uh from a a vibe standpoint a little bit of that railbound demo that you and i checked out and did a quick look sure. for um yeah, we can see that also, like again, vibe vibe wise, uh, I'm feeling like a little bit of golf peaks. Like it definitely, absolutely, it definitely plays differently than golf peaks. But there's a simplicity to the way that you're playing. You're everything you need to know to solve this puzzle is right in front of you. Yep, it's 
it's just really cool. It's a very pleasant the animations experience. are it's unreal, dude. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um I will I will say a very strong contender for one of our game of the year categories, which is best style. Um I I I think this It'll is probably a, lose to Neon White, but you know, good good effort. Good effort. I don't know, dude. <laughs> neon White, yeah. Um but I, I'm sorry, I meant Citizen Sleeper. That game's got some fucking style. Yeah, it does. Norco. Norco's got some style. Uh less style this year. Uh, but this is really cool. It's 10 bucks, and I think that there's a lot of game there for $10 as well. Um, not that you should only make this decision, but it's a single dude making a game. Throw him some money. This, this feels like this has big Apple Arcade energy. You know, I, like. I, I, I could see this easily hitting a uh, a mobile platform for sure. I don't know what, what the plan is uh, long-term for it. I haven't dug too deep into it. But we'll probably quick look this at some point in time as well. Uh, so keep checking our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll, we'll also tweet it out when we get get close to that. But um, really cool game. Fix, Please fix the road. Uh, came out June 10th. And there's already been a couple updates out there for it. Uh, it is, I think, Windows only. I think. Uh, I can't confirm that right now, but I think it's Windows only. Um, so check that out. Pretty, yes. pretty neat stuff there. No, and Steam OS. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I do have this downloaded on my Steam Deck, by the way, which is a place I have not checked it out yet, but I will. Okay. Um, that's what we've been playing. An easy, easy little one and a half hours there almost. But <laughs> uh, we have something to do here. It's time. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It is the time. time has arrived let me uh get this queued up for us which i think i have right here there we are sure and there this um, is can i can i monologue here i don't know if monologue is the right word we're definitely um, gonna have to give bob some context before yes we play on this and also um, want to say this is this is the time we are going to talk about final fantasy 7 yes uh, and some spoilers and we're going to try to be free uh, about how we speak so if you have not Played Final Fantasy VII. If you don't know the twists of Final Fantasy VII, I would say this is your chance to get out now. Yeah. We're probably really just going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII for the for the last handful of minutes of this podcast. There's some other news that happened. Dragon Dogma Two got announced. Um, Tony Hawk Three and Four are never happening, unfortunately. Um, well, there's a fire emblem leak going on, but those can wait. This this is what this podcast. <laughs> so. Um... When we do play this, you guys should be able to hear what's coming through on cool. this YouTube. So yeah. I, I think I got that right. It, to you. It's just some music. I, I don't even think this is the original music from the game, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Bobby has somehow gone his entire life, uh, despite being someone who who loves video games, who follows video games, uh, without knowing this particular story beat, and I would equate it to someone not knowing what you mean when you say, no, Luke, I am your father. And mm. in terms of, like, video game... It's pretty famous. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, let me give you a little bit of context on this. Uh, just what, what the Final Fantasy VII player would know at this point before this would happen. This isn't uh, the end of the game. No, no, this is, like, halfway into the this game. This is end of disc one. Yeah, okay. I guess this is this is not super far in. Um, 
Sephiroth. You know who Sephiroth is, yes? I do, yeah. yeah. White hair, long sword. Almost um, killed Mario he, and Super Smash Brothers. That's true. That's true. Um, he uh, is looking to get the black materia. Um, he wants the black materia. Materia is the stuff you use to get magic, the, the balls, yeah. the little orbs yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he wants the black materia to be able to cast a spell called Meteor, and he wants this Meteor to hit the Earth, and then he wants the Life Stream, which uh, you've, you've seen. It's kind of the green lines that are yeah. kind of going inside the Earth. He Because the Life Stream is going to try to heal the planet when mm -hmm. something bad happens to the planet. And Sephiroth's plan is that once the planet starts healing itself after he hits it with a Meteor, he is going to absorb the life stream, take all that power for himself. So that's yeah. his plan. Uh, Sephiroth is also, and you've seen a little bit of this in the original remake, he's in Cloud's head. He's like, Cloud has all those kind of flashbacks to Sephiroth at different times, and he thinks he sees him a bunch of times. Like, Sephiroth is kind of, has some manipulative powers you, over, yeah. over Cloud. And you like, fight him at the end of that game. You, you do, you do. Um... So Se Sephiroth has you. I don't think you fight him in actual Final Fantasy VII. No, you don't. Um, which is something they changed for this game, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, he's got some manipulative powers against Cloud. At one point, your party gets the Black Materia, and then Sephiroth convinces Cloud to just like hand it to him. So now Sephiroth has the Black Materia. Uh, once he gets that, Aerith, uh, who you remember, Flower Girl, mm -hmm. more in pink. She's right in front of your face right now. Um, she says, "Hey." I need to go stop this guy. I'm I'm gonna go pray to the planet to to stop his plan. So she leaves your party for a bit, and then at this moment you are cloud. You've you've gotten the your your party has come and found her again, and you're uh, you're seeing her as she's praying in this uh, Cetra town. I, I don't know how much they've explained about Cetra at this it's, point. It's like a city of the ancients. They yeah. show a little bit of that in the remake. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it is implied, I believe, in the remake that Aerith is one From of these there. ancients. Yeah. Or she's yeah. a descendant yeah. of the ancient. Yep. Um, so that that is what's happening. You're you're finding uh Aerith as she is praying, and then this happens. So Bobby, why don't you hit play and we'll let me know if you can hear anything. Okay. Can you hear that? Yeah. Again, I don't think this is original music, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yep. happens. Um, when Cloud finds Aerith, like, right before this cutscene plays... Sephiroth kind of tries to manipulate him again into killing Aerith himself, and and Cloud hesitates, which is why Sephiroth says, okay, well, fuck it, and maybe I'll just run her through with my blade. Um, and I believe that's the life materia that has been in her hair this whole time. I think it's holy. Holy. Okay. It's given to her by her mother. And then it bounces away and, and into the pools below that is also kind of the live stream, or at least connected to the live stream. 
so that's that's basically it. I mean, there's this. You you now fight between these two cutscenes. There's a fight uh, that Sephiroth like puts a big monster in front of you, and you fight the the boss fight. And then now you you kind of lay Aerith to rest in this pool, um, and she goes to be with the life stream now. That so that's it. That, that, that's pretty much it. That, that's, that is the big twist. And it's not even really a twist. It's just that Aerith dying is a big deal yeah. in that game. Because yeah. not, not only from a story standpoint, she's a very important character in here. Um, and she's been with your party for a while. Yeah. And you've gotten to know her and really like her. She's also your only pure healer, really, in, in FF7. So it's she's probably been in your party a right. lot. Because she's really good at healing. And and has some some things that make her better at healing than anybody else. And now she's just gone. Hang there on, were yeah. a lot of there were a lot of rumors about being able to get Aerith back in your party, uh, and they were all false. I, she, she she dead. Okay. She's absolutely dead. So mm-hmm. in the remake, yes, there's like a flashback sequence or something where you find the sword next to. Like, wasn't there something with, like, somebody being that's, dead? I think that showed... That's a different thing, and I'm about to talk about that later, yeah. but that's not an Aerith thing. Who's I think that? they did show the Materia bouncing, if I remember correctly. They probably did. It's just, like, a, a visual trick. Yeah. And, and one of the things, Bobby, the reason that we didn't want you to watch the, the Final Fantasy uh, showcase thing from last week is that... There, there is just a line in that where I think Cloud says like, "Hey, I'm," or, or Aerith is like, "You're wait, I died? What?" Yeah. Uh, because because the whole thing with the remake thing is that you had all those Dementor looking dudes that were right. coming out to try to keep the timeline as it was, yep. and the remakes are saying actually we're breaking away from the original timeline. We're doing different things. Because what's his name died in the remake died but didn't die right um, Zach. no 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 yeah in your party um at the, oh. the tower um oh oh barrett yeah 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 like he yeah and they they heal they heal barrett because barrett wasn't supposed to be dead at this point yes yeah 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 you're right but also um, um is it biggs or wedge at the end the one that voices is voiced by badger from breaking wedge Man? wedge wedge yeah he dead like he dies <laughs> in that first in the original game so um and also they're just a much smaller part of the original game like they, yeah. they're in there but they they are not they're, they're not getting tons of voice lines like they are in yeah in remake um so chaser what you're so, telling me right now is that like this might not happen right yeah. it, and it sounds like t- the rebirth is what it's called final fantasy 7 remake rebirth uh, the yeah. second one here is going to be a lot about trying to stop things from happening because the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake is that Sephiroth kills or destroys or disrupts all those fucking dementory things. Yeah, and now that means fuck it, anything could happen. We have we have broken the timelines. Now we can we can do it. That's why Zach want, showed so. up. That's why Zach showed up. Yeah. How much do you know about Zach? I know that. Zach, what it's kind of like a madman thing, right? With John, mm-hmm. John, it, Don Drew, yeah, yes, like, a little bit, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way so to, yeah, it. Cloud, 
Uh, Cloud yeah. was not a soldier. Like he right. he was just a regular like Shinra grunt. Yeah. And he kind of assumed Zack's identity. Right. Like took his Buster Sword, his clothes. <laughs> I right. need your clothes, your your boots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, <laughs> Zack and Cloud went through some some trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Hojo? Yep. He's he's this kind of evil professor that we saw. Yeah. So he Hojo experimented on and and uh, injected Genova cells. Uh, how much do you know about Genova? <laughs> can't remember how much they talked about you a little bit i think not a whole lot okay. not not anything that like i could like memorize what okay Geno- genova is a being that was originally thought of as an ancient like uh like Aerith, but is actually uh, a space alien thing parasite thing that came to earth and is now fucking everything up um sephiroth is a clone of genova that's right and that's hojo right. Hojo injects Genova cells into Zack and Cloud. Is that why that's Cloud prob- sees Sephiroth in his head? Yes, he- and that's probably why Sephiroth has some manipulative power over Cloud yeah. is because, hey, I'm yeah, kind of yeah. just Genova and you are you have some of those cells in you. Um, so Zack Zach breaks free uh, from Hojo, from Hojo's lab, brings Cloud with him, and then that is the the sword you see he gets uh, like a bunch of shinra people murder the fuck out of zach um and and cloud is kind of catatonic at the time and then cloud once he wakes up and figures out what's going on he takes the sword and kind of is in that traumatic state where he ends up imprinting a lot of zach in his own memories and and feeling like he is zach so he's kind of the embodiment of zach even though he's not zach so and uh, and that's the, kind of where we're going. At the end of the remake, when he shows mm-hmm. up, like that was a big fucking deal because he's supposed to be dead. One, yeah. Two, right. like I, I, I think I even heard maybe Johnny or Jason telling me that like, who the fuck knows what can happen in this next one? Zach could be a party member. Yeah, like, he could. They could be anything <laughs> at this point. Yeah, uh, uh, and and one of the reasons you know that it's a different timeline, or at least like a di- a different timeline is happening. Is because when they have that standoff, they, they show that st- same kind of standoff with Zach, but now there's like a different, uh, there's like a flyer or something that has a different dog than the dog you see, like that that cutesy cartoon dog that you've been seeing throughout the game. Yeah. It's a different kind of cartoon dog. So you go, wait a minute, this is not even the same timeline as what I was in before. This is kind of alternate. Do you think and now that- we're really fucking around with stuff. I know that like the big thing, like everybody's talking about metaverse and all this shit. And like, I know Marvel is just raking in the money with it. Do you think that Square would ever try and do something to where the events happening in this remake just bust the seams open for Final Fantasy in a way that other shit starts to bleed into like different oh, you mean things? Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think so because there is Kingdom Hearts, because they already have a thing that does that. Uh, that Cloud and Sephiroth are in. Mm-hmm. Um, that was okay. So that was the reason I bought Kingdom Hearts back in the day is because I knew Cloud and Sephiroth were yeah. in it. That was the only reason I bought that game because uh, that's how obsessed I was uh, with that game and those characters. So There's really, a fighting game that I bought just because it had Cloud in it. Oh God! It so really, for me though, like the time that I was putting off playing Final Fantasy VII, a classic 
we talked about Diablo 2 earlier, was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to get a better version of that game in this remake, but it's really not that game. Very different. Right. And that's that's why it was really interesting for us, uh, for me and Johnny, when you were playing through the remake as we were. Because and you liked it as much as you did. Because like, you, because huh. that game was basically Final Fantasy VII, at least the Midgar part. Um, but it was deviating a little bit. And yeah. it was interesting for you to come in and talk about how you're experiencing this for the first time where Johnny and I know what's supposed to happen and seeing how it's pushing against the, the edges uh, of, of some of that. And then at the end, when you see that, oh, actually, we, we stopped the thing that was keeping everything in line, now yeah. anything could fucking happen. Uh, that is that is on really one hand, it's kind of neat that, like, yeah, I'm selfishly, and who the fuck knows what's going to happen, right? But, like, selfishly, you all got to have the experience of like the cafeteria and recess talk for this game. And you got to sure. theorize before the age of the internet here, you know, now that this is a game coming out that we're all going to play. And like, it happened at the end of the re- I, I We hopped on a FaceTime call, Johnny and talked about the game. And like, it's a situation where like, I get to kind of experience this with you both in an interesting way, especially That's like, really cool. Now that we have this platform also to talk about games on a weekly basis where it's like, we're going to talk about that game when it comes out. And now that like we're getting into a territory where we don't have to be as timid with me, especially where we can just like openly be like, this is something happening there. Like I'm thrilled. I haven't watched any of the stuff from that yet because I knew I needed to do this. I'm going to go and watch. I'm since we get done here, I'm going to watch that trailer because I'm really excited to see it. Um, I mean, I suppose suppose we could just watch it now if we wanted to. Uh, eh, I mean, we're running out of time, and I don't, I don't think we need to watch that here. But um, a, a couple other things. One, um, so to to that point, yes, we didn't want we didn't want you playing the second game, and when Aerith says like, "Oh wait, I died," in like a different timeline, I'm sure they'll find a way to explain that to brand new players because there there has to be some people who are playing this brand new like you were without knowing without playing the original, even if they halfway know what happens. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some explanation, but we didn't want you to just be incredibly confused on what the fuck people were talking about. Yeah. Um, so I think it was valuable to to get yeah. you to watch this. Second thing, I, I think I think this is really only a big deal because Final Fantasy VII was a big deal. It's not like this was the first RPG to kill off a party member. It's not like yeah. this was the first Final Fantasy to kill off a party member. In, in Final Fantasy IV, Palum and Porum get turned into stone. I think some a couple other people die as well. Uh, Final Fantasy V, Galif dies. Um, I, I haven't played enough of six to know if anybody dies, but I'd be shocked if people don't die in six. Uh, it's, not, it's not like this is a big thing. It's just that it's a big thing because Final Fantasy VII was such a big thing compared to any of the Final Fantasies that came before and any of the RPGs that came before. So it, it became a huge deal that Aerith died uh, and that people people talked about it like that because because it was such a, a big seller. Uh, two. Oh, go ahead. I thought it was going to be something like a Tyler Durden scenario with Cloud and Sephiroth. Like, I thought it was going to be... And I mean, it kind of is. It's just, it's Cloud and Zack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like they do. They basically do have that going on, um, and Cloud at some point realizes in the game, "Oh wait, holy shit! I, all these memories I have—they're actually memories of Zack 
or Zach was there at these different moments, uh, and and I've been uh, is my life kind of a lie? And then he has an even weirder thing going on with him. Um, one of the other things here, uh, they they show off another couple games at this Final Fantasy event. Uh, one of those is a remake of Crisis Core, which okay. is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII that is that has you play as Zack. Um, oh, cool! And it's it is Zack fighting with Sephiroth because they're both in Shinra. They're both soldiers in Shinra at the time, um, and you actually see these events that go before. It is a very stupid, overly complex game, but. I think the ending of Crisis Core is really good in that it does show it, it does show Cloud and Zack being injected with the Genova cells. It is the ending of that game is Zack escaping with Cloud, getting killed, being on that having the sword in the hill, um, and Cloud becoming Zack at that point. Um so it, at least the ending I think is pretty solid. The rest of the game is incredibly stupid, but I I enjoyed it on the PSP and it getting a remaster. I think that'll be uh, exciting Pretty for cool. some people to play. I've never played but it, so it's nice. it's okay. It's not it's not. I very highly doubt it's going to be an amazing game for you guys, but it, it is something. Uh, the last thing is there is another game. They've already announced it. They've they've talked about it before. They showed it off a little bit more on this uh, showcase. But the thing that Bobby you could do. If you really want the Final Fantasy VII, the original Final Fantasy VII treatment without having to play Final Fantasy VII, um, it's called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. And that is the mobile game that is that feels like it's going to be like uh, Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition. Okay. Yeah, I have and, the same exact vibe, for sure. And that is supposed to go over the entire storyline of oh, Final cool. Fantasy VII. So that's supposed to have Crisis Core stuff in it. It's supposed to have that original only? Final Fantasy VII stuff in it. Um, do what? Is it mobile only? Yes. It is currently mobile only. Uh, they haven't announced it for anywhere else. Um, and it's also going to be chapter-based, uh, episodic in that way. Okay. Um, but it's also supposed to have games that are things that came after uh final fantasy 7 like advent children the movie stuff is supposed to be in there dirge of cerberus which stars a character you haven't even met yet and we haven't even talked about at all <laughs> in any of this final fantasy 7 stuff uh who might be the coolest character red 13. with also some of the lamest people do what red 13 no, you've you've met red 13 he's at the mm -hmm. end of he's at yeah, the really no, you, haven't, you haven't met this person at Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. And he's also optional in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, you can you just can miss him. him. You could totally miss oh, him. But he's so cool. He's, he's so, so cool. cool. Except his dumb shoes, his dumb fucking shoes. But everything else is pretty fucking cool about him. Um, there, yes, there's still so much Final Fantasy VII uh, that that you don't know, and I think will still be. You'll still get lots of fun surprises. But okay. I think the most important things to know is. Kind of the whole story hinges on Aerith dying uh, because it's a big deal for Cloud. It, it puts him in a different headspace and it changes the changes the pieces on the board. And the Cloud as Zack imprinting stuff is also very important to know and understand how or why why Cloud is doing things, why Cloud and Sephiroth have the relationship that they do. And, and everything going into that. So I, I think you knowing these things now is going to put you in a much better position 
when Rebirth comes out. Yes. And then sure. whatever whatever their third game is going to be called, I have an idea that it will start Revengeance. with an R. Yes, Revengeance has been the good joke that's been around there. Um, what what did they announce that had Reunion in it, Johnny? Did they announce something that was Final Fantasy VII Reunion? Uh, I can't I can't remember, but there was something about that because somebody somebody else had the idea that Reunion might be called this might be what the second game was called, and then Rebirth would be the oh, third game. that's Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. That's right. That's right. The re the remaster of Crisis Core is is being well, labeled as Reunion. Chase, thank you for the context, Johnny. Also, and thank you sure. for um, keeping that sacred until now. And I think I I am thrilled that you two were able to tell me about it. And I found this is probably the best way for me to get spoiled. So um, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm gonna watch the trailer as we wrap up here. Uh, but let's talk about what we've done this week and what we got ahead of us still. Um, some pretty cool stuff happening. So as we mentioned, we've been covering the game festivals for the last two weeks. Chase and I bookended that with some really cool demos that we got to, to highlight from the Steam Next Fest. Uh, we put up one of those demos as a quick look on Tuesday, which is Agent 64 Spies Never Die. Uh, if you want to follow along with all those fun things, you can do so by hitting that link in chat or following the link in our show notes here. Uh, tonight, we told you a lot about the games we've been playing, and we spoiled the shit out of Final Fantasy VII, finally. Tomorrow, we got another quick look going up for a really awesome game from Devolver from the Steam Next Fest called Angerfoot. And then Friday, we've got a really cool show planned for a casual Friday. Um, the whole casual crew, all of us, plus some friends of the show, uh, Jiggy-san and our cousin Jason, is going to be hopping all on all of our cousins, all all my cousins, all my children. And my cousins. cousin and yours, Jason. Um, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, uh, up to six of us can be playing that. So we're going to do our best to get uh, a gaggle of people together to check that out for casual Fridays this Friday. Chase, you're a busy bee outside of the show. What do you got going on? Uh, like I mentioned way early in the show, I've been doing a, a Let's Play of SteamWorld Heist, one of my favorite games ever. And I think I'm on episode three at this point. I think episode three is out there for people to watch. Um, still having a great time playing with all that DLC. And, uh, nice. Looking forward to making an episode four here pretty darn soon. You can find that at my YouTube channel at Chase K Plays. Um, I also have another podcast I do called Gamers on the Go. It's about handheld video games. Haven't had a new episode in a few weeks. Hoping to change that here pretty soon. I know that uh, Bobby and friend of the show, Jiggy-san, uh, we're all still playing our play dates uh, occasionally off and on. And we'll, we'll probably have another episode to check back in on that and, and talk about some more games that are coming out for that thing. Nice. And Johnny, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's our show. Come back Friday night. We'll be hanging out with the turtles and uh in between then go to youtube and check out some stuff we did thanks everybody take care talk to you soon